And praise the Lord, we've been able to look at the doctrine of salvation over the last oh, four. I think this is number five, session five. It is session five this week, and we look at an example of a man who got saved in the Old Testament. We read about him this morning in Daniel. If you'd like to turn back there to Daniel chapter nine, I was going to do a, a follow-on from last, the end of last week, whosoever, but. I'm leaving that for another day. Got it all ready, but we'll leave that for another day because time will beat us if we try to do that. I want to finish this one. Whosoever. That's everybody, isn't it? <laughs> Praise God that he's interested in every individual that's ever born. He wants them all to enter into heaven's glory. But it's a matter of choice. Matter of choice at my cousin's funeral down at Kyabram yesterday, I was surprised, pleasantly surprised, <laughs> that they read John 14 verses 1 to 6, that is about heaven, I go prepare a place for you, and also Romans 10, I thought that's where I've been preaching from for a few weeks, and they said whosoever, this is in a uniting church, mind you, and they and she said, sorry, <laughs> she said, there's heaven and hell. <laughs> I sort of swallowed. <laughs> and yours is the choice. We know where Nola has gone. She's in heaven with her mum and dad right now. But it's your choice, isn't it? Whosoever. And so <clears throat> the gospel was clearly shared at that yesterday in the readings and uh, the uh, short, short message yesterday. Praise God. There was hundreds and Hundreds of people there. Um, <clears throat> we look at another fellow today. This fellow's called Nebuchadnezzar. Uh, should I call him a fella? Yeah, he's just, he's just another person. <laughs> but he didn't think so. He thought himself as a VIP, very important person, which he was in the world back then. He became a believer. But it, it took a lot to crack him. He was like a macadamia nut, if you've ever tried to crack a macadamia nut. You know, the time you beat it to death, then you bust up the inside and you can't eat it. It's a bit different to like a walnut, you need a bit of power there, but other, others are softer. And he was a hard nut to crack, but God was going to crack him, and we see that he did in this chapter before us today. Let's pray and ask the Lord's blessing as we open. Thank you, Heavenly Father, that... You have promised that where your folk are gathered together, two or three, there you are in the midst. And we thank you for your presence with us today. We cannot see you, but your Holy Spirit is here present to do a work amongst us in our own hearts, Lord, and in us collectively. And I pray that that would be done. We thank you for the word that is quick, powerful, and can save all those that come unto you by the Lord Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father bless the word. We do ask for your protection on the Lewis family as they travel this uh, next week and Lord that they might have a great ministry also in Africa for the brief time that they're there and Lord we do pray that you'd open the eyes of the people of Israel. Lord they have given us the Bible, they've given us a saviour but they're in great trouble because they rejected the Messiah. And Lord, I pray that their eyes would be turned to you, that some 
even in the leadership as they read different things and hear different things that they would respond by looking into their own Bible their Old Testament and seeing their Messiah the Lord Jesus open eyes for your glory bless us we fellowship today in Jesus name amen <coughs> go back to Daniel chapter 2 we won't be reading that Daniel 2 3 just referring to it in Daniel chapter 2 we see the providence of God that is where he he is in control we can see the hand of God in this in Daniel chapter 2 <coughs> King Nebuchadnezzar now who was Nebuchadnezzar if you've never heard of him before well he's a he's a great leader of a world empire he was, he was the, like the one world government back then. And this is about 600 BC. He built what encyclopedias today call one of the seven wonders of the world, the Hanging Gardens of Babylon. You can find that. He built that. He was only, Babylon was only in power after the Assyrians for about... 70 years it didn't the, the kingdom didn't last long but they did a lot in that time they captured a lot of territory all around the middle east northern africa up into europe they captured all that and and and, and eastward as well so he was a vip of his day but we see three humblings chapter two chapter three and chapter four of daniel god was bringing him under conviction <clears throat> that he might bow his knee now it's very hard for a person who is a VIP to acknowledge there's someone more important than him <laughs> and this is what's happening this is what we see today this is salvation happening we've been talking about the doctrine now we look at it happening in chapter 2 he had a dream and in those days dreams were important they had an interpretation and he forgot it and so Nebuchadnezzar said to his astrologers, his soothsayers, and his magicians, astrologers, the wise men of Babylon that he had, all employed on, on the government payroll. These are the close advisors. We've got those sort of people in our country today. What do we call them? Bureaucrats. Anyway, <laughs> these people were there in that country too. And he said, Tell me the dream I had, because I've forgotten it. Now, he fair dinkumly forgot it. And they said, King Nebuchadnezzar, you're asking for something that's very unreasonable. You tell us the dream, and we'll tell you the interpretation. And he got angry. And when the VIP gets angry, and he's got power to, to make things happen, he commanded that all of those soothsayers, astrologers, and bureaucrats <laughs> be killed. <coughs> And they come into Daniel because he was one of them and he hadn't heard what had happened and he pleaded for some time. And you know what Daniel did there in chapter 2 in verses 17 to 18? He gathered his three faithful friends. See, they were, they were captives from Jerusalem or Israel up into Babylon. Babylon had capti uh, captured Israel. In fact, Babylon had had three invasions down there in Israel and on third one they decimated the place Jerusalem particularly and Daniel had been taken in the first invasion 
but he'd risen to importance in the palace in Babylon as a foreigner. But he gathered three of his best friends. And what did they do? This is what we should be doing today. They prayed. Let's have a really sincere, honest prayer meeting. If we don't, we're at it. <laughs> we're, along with all the others, are going to, be going to be slain. And then in God revealed the, what it was, the dream that Nebuchadnezzar had. Daniel got that revelation. And then in verses 9 to 23 and 30, he didn't go straight and tell the king. He had a praise time. He praised God, you know, for the answered prayer that he'd got. Not just because it had saved his neck. He knew where he was going if he died anyway. But because God is provident. God is overall. And verse 19 of chapter 2. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then yet Daniel blessed the God of heaven. And he began to praise God in that. You can read that. This is not what we're looking at. Let's move on to the next. In verse 24, he went into Nebuchadnezzar and said, God, you know, he always said, God showed me. He said, I didn't, oh, that's me. You know, he could have said, well, I've got a vision. I had a dream. No, he gave praise to God even before the king, Nebuchadnezzar. Um, and shows God's providence. What did Daniel see in the vision? What had Nebuchadnezzar seen in the vision, the dream? It was a metallic man, we could say, the image of a man, and it had a head of gold, silver, thighs of brass, and it had legs of iron, and then feet of iron and clay. But that's just the vision. What's the interpretation of that? Well, this reveals all the empires from Babylon and past where we are now, at least a thousand years, a thousand and seven years, we can say at least that far into the future. This was 500 BC. So we're looking at a, a vision that they, he had, that Nebuchadnezzar had, Daniel had, that spans three and a half at least three and a half plus thousand years this is something that only providence knows only god knows you see god knows the thoughts of our heads he knows the hair of the head hair of every head here i mean how many hairs you've got on your head here how many sparrows has got in the world and i mean god knows you say that's unimportant but god it's just god knows details he's provident he knows what's going to happen in the future. And so he gave this revelation. And um, <clears throat> then we have Nebuchadnezzar's profession in chapter 2. We'll look at this, chapter 2 and verse 46. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. So after this image of all these empires run their course right down to the toes, then God's going to set up his kingdom. That hadn't happened yet. And he's going to establish that and New Testament verses speak of it as being a thousand years on the earth, then continuing into eternity, um, which, which shall never be destroyed. God will establish his kingdom, it will never be destroyed and the, and the kingdom shall not be left to another people, but it shall be break in pieces and consume all the kingdoms and it shall stand forever because in the vision, Nebuchadnezzar and Daniel saw a rock being cast at 
this image and broke all these human kingdoms to smithereens as a, as a chaff on the summer threshing floor it says and this rock is God's kingdom and it clearly demonstrates or reads that in the scriptures here for as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands broke in pieces the iron the brass the clay the silver the gold the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter and the dream is certain the interpretation is sure um, <clears throat> then King Nebuchadnezzar in verse 46 fell upon his face and worshipped Daniel big mistake who should have he worshipped the God of Daniel not Daniel you don't worship a man that's forbidden in scripture but he didn't know that and commanded that they should offer an oblation and sweet odours unto him well and the king answered Daniel and said of a truth it is that your God is the God of gods and a Lord of kings and a revealer of secrets seeing thou couldst reveal this secret then the king made Daniel a great man and gave him many great gifts and made him ruler over the whole province of Babylon and chief of the governors of all the wise men in Babylon. So instant promotion. Listen, obey God where you are at work. You either get the sack or you get promoted and you get rec you know, recognised and recommended for your honesty. Then Daniel requested of the king and he set Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. This is his three friends from Israel that prayed with him. He said, don't forget these fellows. You know, we want them in power too. The providence of God. But notice there that he made a profession. Was this salvation? No. It wasn't his salvation. You see, people go through a, a, a sequence of things in their life often before they get saved. You know, something happens, well, a, a sickness or something, and God enables them to get better. And, and God's, you know, knocking... Can I come in? <laughs> but he didn't get saved here. We see their promotion. Then the chapter 3. We know he didn't get saved because chapter 3 comes and follows. What did Nebuchadnezzar build? He built a huge statue. A statue that is 27 metres high, 90 feet high, so it's big, and of a man, and it's... Uh, nine foot wide at the shoulder point, the widest part. And then he commanded everybody, all the people of Babylon, all the VIPs of Babylon, all the soothsayers and astrologers and magicians and so forth, to come, the wise men to come, and we're going to have a service. And we're going to play music. And when the music plays, everybody is to... Have you seen it before? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he can't see you, okay. <laughs> and face the image and worship the image. But what is this? What do we call this in people? We call it pride. See, he'd seen an image and Daniel said to him, you are the head of gold. You're the top dog. You're, you're the most powerful person and you represent the start of these empires that are going to rule the world. You say, well, no one's ruling the world now. That's, we have, we're facing the revived Roman Empire. It's going to happen in Europe. And it says in the New Testament, the last book, there's going to be ten kings. 
And uh, they're the ones that indicate that this is where we're close to the end. We're close to the end of the empires of the world of men ruling before the Lord Jesus rules. But <clears throat> he built a statute. He commanded to worship. And if they refused to worship as Daniel... Well, Daniel's not mentioned there because, I don't know, he was absent again. <laughs> but his three friend, friends were amongst this group. And Nebuchadnezzar said, bow or burn. I like B, B. <laughs> bow or burn. And what did these three friends do? No, we do not bow to any image. We do not bow to any man. We don't get on our, on our four paws to praise a person or an image. We praise God only and they kept standing. And it's pretty obvious when everyone goes down, one, two, or they might have been in the group, one, two, three. You're not standing. I mean, you're not bowing. And Nebuchadnezzar in verse 17 of chapter 3 was furious. And he said, turn up the heat of the furnace. Make it seven times hotter than what it is. Just to say, look, I mean, that would have killed them if they'd gone in just as it was. Seven times hotter. And <clears throat> the Jews, these three men said, and who is, oh, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. In, in other words, they were very careful. <laughs> if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. But if it be not, be it known unto the king that we will not serve thy gods nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Golden image, 90 foot tall. It had a lot of gold to do this. So it was built. He commanded. They refused. He was furious. Turned up the heat. And they said, no, we will not bow. We'd rather burn. I wonder if we would stand that test. And then we have where he threw them in the furnace in chapter 3. Well, he didn't. His army did. And the men that threw them in were slain from the heat of the furnace. Nebuchadnezzar looked in and he said, Hey, didn't we throw three in? And yet there's a fourth one walking around in there. And he's like the son of God. <laughs> Perceptive. It's in verse... 24 of chapter 3 and he rose up and haste and spoke and, and, and said to his counsellors did we not cast in three bound into the midst of the fire and they answered and said unto the king O true O king he answered and said O look, lo I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire and they have no hurt on them and the fourth is like the son of God and then he came near not enough to get cooked <laughs> Nebuchadnezzar did the mouth of the fiery furnace and spoken Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego ye servants of the most high God come forth come out of here they sort of said no no you come in here <laughs> you'd be tempted to wouldn't you but they didn't not according to the scripture um, <clears throat> yeah, you, you threw us in you come in too no and the princes, the governors, the king, and the councillors being gathered together and saw the men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was the hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, and the smell of the fire was not on them. 
And Nebuchadnezzar spoke and said, Blessed, here he is again, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angels to deliver his servants who trusted in him and has changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve nor worship any god save their god. And so we see his profession again. It's your God that delivered you. But this is not a profession to salvation. This is going to happen after. You see, God had to humble this man. And he humbled him before all the lords and all those that bowed to this image. This very important person. God is knocking on his door. Look, if you're here today and God has spoken to you in time past, it might have been through an accident or something that happened, a relative, um, just reading the word, and you said no. You've sort of humbled, yeah, yeah, at that time I recognise there is a God. And he's come again. And this is what happened. And this is, the next time is chapter 4, and it's the third and, the third and final time that God's going to knock on his door. But he's making a profession, but he's not having a possession of God. There's a difference between head and heart. It has to change your heart. If you believe on the Lord Jesus, thou shalt be saved, yes. And your life after that will show that you're a Christian. Anyway, we go to chapter 4. We've seen the providence of God, the pride of Nebuchadnezzar in building this big statue after he'd seen this vision. And then the prostration of Nebuchadnezzar in chapter one, oh, chapter 4, verses 1 to 37. He received another dream. You say, another dream? He opened another dream. And this is a dream where a tree grew and it grew great and humongous that all the fowls of the heaven come into this tree and rested and roosted in the tree. And then the tree, some watchers came and cut the tree down. You know, I've got a lot of trees down, big trees, gum trees, <laughs> in, the, in what I've done for work. In logging, you, you, you don't push them over the bulldozer, you usually cut them down. So we cut them down, then pull them with the bulldozers. But he, this tree was cut down, and if you cut a gum tree down, what happens to the gum tree? Yeah, it shoots again, doesn't it? Cut a cypress or a conifer or anything like that down, what does it do? It's dead. Like at my brother's place this week, the storm went through there, and all the pine trees that my grandfather planted all busted off halfway up. And so we got the D7 out yesterday, and he, he had to go pushing them out. I said, get them out. <laughs> no. They're four foot through, and it's just, it just I didn't have the tree pusher on, and so they wouldn't come out. So he cut them off at about three foot high that when they rot a little bit, he better conifer. It'll, it'll rot and it'll easily push out. But this tree is preserved in a different way. There was a band of iron put around the top of the stump. It's like clamped up of brass and it was preserved. And seven times would pass over it. Seven years would pass over and then it would come to life again. Uh, <clears throat> this is the vision that he had so there's a reception of the dream verses 4 to 18 there's a revelation of the dream that's in verse 19 down to verse 27 you know that just as i've just told you and then there's a realization of the dream what all this meant <clears throat> daniel got the understanding of what this dream meant and he came into the king's presence king nebuchadnezzar's presence 
and he was sort of Nebuchadnezzar could see all over his face something's wrong something's wrong <laughs> little Micah Tim's little Tim and Mel's little one they've he goes and he goes <laughs> he puts he could tell he's, he's doing it in response to you he's he's doing the same thing but <laughs> Daniel says, oh this is not good and Nebuchadnezzar said tell me what the dream is <laughs> okay but it's not good you don't really want to hear this Nebuchadnezzar he said it's to you the dream is it's about you as an individual God's getting personal with him now and he said you're going to be cut down but there's going to be an iron band put around at the funeral yesterday my brother-in-law was up from Cockatoo said how did the kingdom get preserved for seven years I said well who was in leadership who had been promoted Daniel Sadrach, Meshach and Abednego four Jews saved this Gentile and the kingdom for him when he came back again after seven years because Daniel said you're going to go insane as it were you're going to go out as scripture said you know you're going to go out and eat grass like the ox your fingers are going to grow like the claws of an eagle and your hair's going to get matted you're going to go into the back paddock we could say that and nobody will care for you or will he be un it'd be to the point that people won't want to go near to him you've seen people maybe like that and this is what happened to Nebuchadnezzar God was going to humble him and it took seven years and then the kingdom would be restored to him again that's where we go to in verse 34 and, the, and he, he senses return to him. It says, And at the end of the days I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honoured him, who liveth forever and ever, whose dominion is of everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. God is waiting and wishing, not wishing, <laughs> knowing, <laughs> that this man is going to repent from the pressure that he had applied to him. Just like Israel, God is applying the pressure and it's only the start of it. The pressure will get to the point where they're going to eventually come down en masse and two-thirds of them over there are going to die. That's what the Bible says. Until they, re they look up, just like Nebuchadnezzar, just like any person, we have to acknowledge his authority. And this is what it says in verse 34. He lifted up his, his eyes to heaven. In Philippians, the book of the New Testament, chapter 2, verses 9 and 10. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, the Lord Jesus, and given him a name above, which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, things in earth, and things under the earth. God is waiting for people to acknowledge that he's in authority. He has dominion. He's in charge. He's waiting for nations. But let's say, liken Nebuchadnezzar to Mr. Putin. What will it take to humble Mr. Putin? I don't think it's going to happen because the Bible says Russia's going to invade Israel 
in the near future, along with Iran and the other nations, Libya, Sudan and Turkey. So it, they're not going to be humbled. They will be humbled because five-sixths of their army is going to destroy it on the mountains of Israel, in Israel. That's what it says. And this is what's going to bring the Jews to say, well, God is. But we have to acknowledge his authority. Jesus said, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I command you? Why do you come to church and say the Lord's model prayer, as we could say? Our Father which art in heaven, I read at the funeral, that's the custom in those sort of churches, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Why keep ye saying this and coming, but do not recognise my authority over you? It can be an individual, it can be a group, it can be a nation. Acknowledge his authority. He lifted up his eyes. <laughs> At the end of the seven years of his insanity, and his sanity returned. <laughs> and he acclaimed the majesty of God in verse 34. And I blessed the Most High. This is the third humbling of Nebuchadnezzar. This is the third confession, which is not just a profession. This is a confession of who he is. And I blessed the Most High. <clears throat> Over in the book of Isaiah, chapter 40, Isaiah painted, the prophet painted a picture of God. And in chapter 40 and verse 12, we read, Who hath measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, talking about the seas, he hath measured the heaven with a span of his hand, and the dust of the earth as in a measure. He weighed the mountains in scales and the hills in a balance. Who hath, direct, who hath directed his spirit, the spirit of the Lord, or being his counsellor and taught him? With whom took he counsel and who instructed him? Who taught God? No, he's always known, he's always been. You have got to accept that by faith. It all started somewhere. God has always been. And when we get to heaven, we'll begin to understand eternity. Infinity, as the scientist says. But who taught him? Nobody. He's always known. From forever. Who taught him knowledge and who showed him the way of understanding? You see, acclaim his majesty. Say, you are who you are and who you claim to be in the Bible. And bless the most high God. In verse 26 of Isaiah 40, there's many others I'd like to read. We haven't time. Lift, <coughs> lift up your eyes on high and behold who hath created these things. I like it when Job was arguing with his three friends. They were arguing with him. He was in a terrible position. But then God spoke in chapter 38. And God just put question to question, question upon question. Who, who, who? Can you? Can you do this? And here, <clears throat> as, we, as he lift, we lift up our eyes on high, and behold, who hath created these things? Who bringeth out their host? He's talking about the heaven and the stars. He calleth them all by names, by the greatness of his might, for he is strong in power. Not one faileth. Billions of galaxies and billions and trillions and trillions of stars. He names them all. Who has done this? Let's acclaim his majesty. He is God on high. Accept his supremacy as Nebuchadnezzar did in verse 30, 34. 
I praised and honoured him who liveth forever and ever. It says there. We've got to get to that point in our lives as God speaks to us. We lift up our eyes. We acknowledge who he is. We acclaim his majesty. We accept his supremacy. In verse 34, as I've said, and his purity. (laughs) In Isaiah, again, in chapter 6 this time, when Isaiah, who was a believer, saw the Lord in the, king, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon his throne high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphim, and one had six wings. With twain he covered his face, with twain he covered his feet, and with twain he did fly. And <clears throat> so there, God is supreme, and Isaiah is acknowledging it. King Nebuchadnezzar is acknowledging, I praised and honoured he, he who liveth forever and ever. Have you done that? And acknowledge his purity in, in Isaiah 6, and one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, who the whole heaven is full of his glory. And the posts of the door moved at the voice of him who cried, and the house was filled with smoke. Sometimes we think we're important, but when we see the Lord high and lifted up, as Isaiah saw him, we melt away to nothing. (laughs) Back in Isaiah 40, it says, the nations are like a drop in the bucket. Amount to nothing. Hill of beans, we say. Let's acknowledge that. Because in so doing, in humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God, he's able to do what? lift us up and give us an exalted position as a believer in him as a son or daughter of the Lord accept his supremacy don't try to fight against it you you haven't a hope if King Nebuchadnezzar didn't have a hope and and then the Greeks and the who was it no no, the Medes and the Persians the Iranians and the silver of the image and and the who was next the Greeks Alexander the Great and his four generals and then then Rome if they couldn't beat God and they were put down by God what are we as individuals trying to fight against him for just accept his authority and his supremacy acknowledge our humanity and in Daniel chapter 4 Nebuchadnezzar did that in verse 35 we read <clears throat> And all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven. No army formed against him will prosper, and against his people. And among the inhabitants of the earth, none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? What's the name of the fellow in Iran just vowed to wipe Israel out? Ayatollah uh, uh, Khomeini, what's uh, uh, the Ayatollah? Yeah, I'm not familiar with all that, but <laughs> go for it. See what happens. And the Bible tells us what's going to happen when they come down. You can't fight against God individually, collectively, nations. He is on His throne, and He's doing whatsoever He will. Uh, <laughs> Among the inhabitants of the earth, there is none that can stop what he's doing. You say, 
wait a minute. You say what's happening? Yeah, God is allowing this to happen for a purpose in our world today. Madness everywhere. Mayhem, madness in governments, in societies. Acknowledge that we are just people (laughs) and we can't fight against the Lord. And, And Isaiah said this also in verses back in Isaiah 6 verses 5 and 6 then said I Isaiah woe is me for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips for mine eyes have seen the king the Lord of hosts I can say the Lord of glory and acknowledge his God's purity too Nebuchadnezzar did Isaiah did there as a live coal taken off the fire and put on his lips to cleanse, to purify. Adopt his duty down in verse 35 and 36. The same time, notice what happened. My reason returned unto me and for the glory of my kingdom and mine honour and my brightness returned unto me and my counsellors and my Lord sought unto me after seven years of living like an animal in the back paddock, this happened. And the Lord sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added to me. Notice back in verse 30 what he had said earlier. The king spoke and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built? This was a year after he saw the tree cut down and felled. And then he's, he's walking around a year later and saying, look at all the, the hanging gardens of Babylon. What a wonder, what a matter. Aren't I important? Now he's got to, after he's being humbled, he's saying, I'm not important. God is important. God is the authority. God is overall. And um, <clears throat> he had to get to that point. We have to humble ourselves and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ the very Son of God, entered Earth's realm 2,000 years ago, lived a holy life, did a wonderful ministry for three and a half, or three years. He died a cruel death. And the disciples took up the sword to fight and said, put it away, for thus God's will must be done. I must die, because if I don't die, nobody on planet Earth is going to heaven. And precious blood of Jesus was shed that we might be saved now this hadn't happened before this but they believed by faith for the future event and verse 37 he gave assent to the sovereignty of God now I Nebuchadnezzar praise and extol and honour the king of heaven whose works are truth and his ways judgment And those that walk in pride, (laughs) he's able, he is able to abase. Is God able? Yep. God can bring circumstances into our lives that we didn't plan on, we wouldn't plan on if we knew it, to bring us to our knees, that we might look up like Nebuchadnezzar and say, praise God for Jesus Christ who died for me, who paid the penalty for my sin." Have you done that yet? Or is there yet a humbling to happen in your life? Far better to do it when you're a little child and save all these problems that Nebuchadnezzar went through 
and that we will go through in different ways. We could have testimony after testimony of people here this morning could stand up and say what God did in their lives to bring them to faith in the Lord Jesus. For without faith it's impossible to please him. He that cometh to God must believe that he is and he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Won't you seek him today? And won't you say with, with Nebuchadnezzar, I praise and extol and honour the king, the king of heaven, whose works are truth and his ways judgment and those that walk in pride is able to abase. Come while you can, while you still have life. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you for this king who became a believer, as Old Testament saints did, as you humbled him traumatically for seven years as an animal. But Lord, thank you that you can save the uttermost that come unto you by the Lord Jesus. And may somebody come. May they come today and say, O oh Lord, I'm a sinner, I need salvation. I am, as it were, nothing before you, but you have died for me and you make me somebody, a son of God. Bless that person as they seek you today and humbly accept you into their lives. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen.